Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Hey there, everybody. Welcome to It's Always Game Day in Kansas City. I am your host, Kayla Canaram. Joining me, we've got my co-host, Cody Tapp, and our producer, Nick Schwert. Guys, how are we doing on this Red Friday? We officially know the game will be held in Tampa, so we don't have to go to Minnesota. How do we feel about this? I'm actually shocked Um, because I feel like there's a lot going on in Florida right now. Yeah, I mean, this is the NFL at its finest. The easy, simple thing to do would just be Move the game from the state ravaged by a hurricane. But instead, their mayor is like, we want the game. And you're like, but I don't know, like first responders might need to go to other parts of the state. Read the room. Do you you know how many people it takes to run an NFL game? It's so much manpower that could be used in this state instead. I'll be honest. I'm I'm convinced that it's probably that Brady said he won't. He won't leave. Nick, he (laughs) refuses. He says, I won't leave this state and play in the NFL. And the NFL is like, come on, Tom, please, Tommy, we need you. Mahomes and Brady, Sunday night football. He's like, I will not leave the state of Florida. I agreed to that with the Bucs when they gave me Wednesdays and sometimes Thursdays off, and I didn't show up for training camp. I will not leave the state of Florida unless it's a road game. They're like, fine, I guess, you win. What other explanation for there is it, Kayla? I mean, just move the game, right? This seemed easy to the rest of us, but they're just going to keep it in Tampa, I guess. I, I mean, just seeing all the pictures, and my heart goes out to all the people in Florida who have been affected by this, and yeah, uh, NFL game seems incredibly insignificant in light of everything going on. Um, But I guess, I mean, if the conditions are okay there, I I guess it makes sense to have it there. I just feel like resources could be used elsewhere at the moment. Um, But yeah, Yeah. it's a sad situation. And as of yesterday, the airport wasn't even open. So I'm just, I mean, people aren't even going to be able to get to the game. Media covering the game. Hopefully the Chiefs will get to the game. I'm assuming they will. It's just not a good situation in Florida. So do we know this? Like, do we know that the conditions or like the resources that are needed in Florida, like are, are bad enough to the point where this is a, a reckless decision by the NFL? I guess we don't know for sure, but I mean, look at the category of hurricane. It was look at the damage done to other parts of the state. It just seems trivial is what it is. Yeah. Even if even if the resources aren't stealing resources from other things that need it, you have to understand that optically, it looks like you're just trying to force feed a football game into an area that doesn't need it at this moment. And it's just like that doesn't like they're not I don't know. And like I, in the NFL, they you know, they'll stick the the lower third banner that says donate blood to the American Red Cross or if they'll run a 30 second PSA about donating 15 cents 
or a dollar a day, you know, like they'll run something that tries to seem like they care, but they're like, but we're keeping this game in Tampa. So we'll, we'll, we won't do the rest of it. This game's going to be Sunday night football on NBC. We're protecting our partners. So it, it feels very hollow. Okay. So I just want to, Kayla, I got to, I feel like Cody and I are constantly like catching you up with old inside jokes that he and I have from the radio show together. So this is one. I love being on the outside of inside jokes. I'm not (laughs) going to tell you the exact nickname that I dubbed Cody with uh, several months ago for some of his stances on things that happen around Mm -hmm. sports, but Mm -hmm. I will just describe it by saying Cody is often attacking the major institutions and the major sports <laughs> leagues. Okay. He Cody thinks I'm like too that. woke, Kayla. He thinks so I'm too woke. I, oh, snap. So, so I always try to play devil's advocate when he is being woke. And I was ready <laughs> to do that. But before, I just want to read the quote that you referenced, Cody, from the Tampa mayor about, and this was from yesterday, I believe about playing the game as scheduled on Sunday night. This is the quote from the city of Tampa mayor who is uh, Jane Castor. Okay. Here's what she said. Quote, we made it through. Now the recovery efforts begin. I can't thank our city of Tampa teams enough. Our push crews are going in, out in full force to clear debris and keep our city safe. On another note, we're doing our best to keep the Buccaneers game here Sunday. I have assured the NFL that the only disturbance here Sunday is when the Bucks kick ass. End quote. Do you I know thought this was an onion deaf? article. Oh, it my sounds so gosh. <laughs> it's it's like in is one Jane statement. aware what's happening in the rest of the state? Yeah, she is. It was in the first part of her statement. Guys, I'm really sorry. The first responders are gonna keep our stuff. Bucks kick ass. See you Sunday. <laughs> You're like, no, you can't say football team kick ass in the same sentences. We're gonna keep our city safe following this devastating hurricane. Chiefs, Chiefs by 40. I mean, I hope so. Sometimes I just feel like it's uh, like you root against the people who are st- like if the Bucks in any way were like, we have to be here. You're like, no, you don't. doesn't matter. It's fine. Just let that other stuff go. And I just I never understand the notion of like pushing through a sporting event. When it, and again, it's not like you're going to be the this isn't George Bush throwing out the first pitch after 9-11, right? There's not going to be some big grandstanding show of performance that like makes people feel good. That was a moment that made people feel good in a very difficult and troubling time. I don't think this Chiefs-Bucks game on Sunday night is accomplishing that. So it, it just feels like they're forcing it for no reason. Yeah, actually, I'm on your side, Cody, with this. I will abstain from dubbing you Wokey. All right. Wokey tap in this uh, in this moment. So congratulations. That's a good win for me. Uh, someone who normally loses that battle. I'll take it. Thank you. <laughs> Do you think we'll at least get a moment of silence? Yes. Probably. The NFL loves those uh, those like self-grandizing moments where yeah. they get to say, look at what we're doing. Look or at they how can much just put- we care. They can just put end racism. Look, we painted things. So that counts. <laughs> okay, Wokey. All right, cool. <laughs> now, now you're, I went too far. See, Kayla, you let me talk too long. And on that so note, <laughs> well, obviously, this game is one of those um, where two teams are going in after coming off of a loss. Normally, we would talk about this as a bounce back game. What do you guys think? Where are we at with this? Because we know on Monday, whoever loses, it's going to be, well, what's wrong with this team? What's wrong with the Chiefs? They're falling apart. What's wrong with the Bucks? Is it Brady's personal life? You know, like, what's, 
What is the outcome of this game going to mean? Who You know what's funny is that even more so than the team who wins, whoever loses this will be a much bigger talking point on like the big TV talking head shows. Like first things first, whatever show. Doesn't matter whichever one you watch. Doesn't matter if it's Skip Bayless or Nick Wright. Whichever one you watch, Stephen A., the bigger talking point will be what's happening to this other team. Because they then, you know, the Chiefs would have lost back-to-back games to a bad Colts team and then a Brady team that has really struggled offensively. And on the opposite end, the Bucs would have then lost back-to-back games against good opponents, so their wins wouldn't look nearly as good. It's, I mean, I don't think that that's unfair, but I also don't think the Bucs, I don't think the Bucs are all that good this year. So, like, I keep trying to drive myself back to the point that while it is a road game, the Chiefs, in my mind, are the better team and should win. So I will be concerned. Like, I'll feel worse about the loss than I will good about the win. Good about the win will be like, all right, nice work. You're back on track. No more Colts to fuss over. You beat a decent NFL team. You didn't let Tom Brady get the better of you in the offense enough to win. But if they lose to a team that straight up can't score and they can't protect again because the offensive line has struggled, then, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to feel nearly as good. I, I don't think bounce-back game's crazy. I think they're both kind of doing that. And if they weren't playing each other, you'd be thinking about one or the other winning this game just because of who they are. You know, this takes me back to the conversations we had before week one when we were looking at the first six weeks of the Chiefs schedule. And you saw all of these tough teams lining up for the Chiefs, and we were kind of trying to figure out what their record would be. When we do these, when we, whenever we do the schedule, the game preview stuff, we never expect the head-scratching loss. We never expect them, okay, who's the worst team on the schedule? The Colts, that's the one you lost, but that's exactly the way it played out. So now there is even more added importance on winning this game that on paper should be a fairly close matchup. I know there's the injuries with the Buccaneers. They weren't playing all that well before Evans went out anyway, so I'm not sure how much I want to blame it on that. But you look at the offense, which has kind of come back down to earth after uh, the, the Cardinals game in week one. Now you're going up against a top five defense in the NFL. So while the like the sort of the the glossy storyline feels like this is a get right game for the chiefs on paper. It feels like it's going to be a really tough ask to get right for the chiefs offense against one of the best units in the NFL. Sure. But if all of a sudden their defense struggles against an offense that straight up can't score in what, like to me, I'm looking at it as like a t- the totality. It is a get right game in the don't lose two games in a row. You barely lose four games a year. You don't lose two games in a row against opponents. You're better than. Like that's it's it's not just because you can lose to a team that you're worse than whatever, but don't lose back to back games and in, in games you're favored. Like even in the years, Nick, even the last couple of years where they go through those stretches, yeah, they'd lose some game they shouldn't lose to a team they're worse than in the Colts, and then they go back and they barely scratch across some gross win against a Jets team or something. But the only time they lost back to back was that that was back in the Alex Smith era when it was Jets Giants, and those were two bad teams. I don't think the Bucks are a bad team. But the Colts might be, and I think they're better than the Bucs. It just feels like one of those traps you're supposed to avoid. And I don't know. I mean, it's 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 weird. This game has a weird feeling. All the stuff we talked about the game. Then it's like, it's a get-right game, but for both of them. And then, I mean, we all watch this team. Like, I don't even feel like there's any Mahomes-Brady buzz. I don't, like, I'm having a hard time figuring out exactly how to handle it. going to bring that up. Yeah. For two of the biggest names in football, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of chit chat about this game. Do you guys think that it is because they're both coming off losses or because of that Super Bowl matchup? Or what is the reason for this? Super Bowl probably killed it a little, right? Because the 
Mahomes versus Brady in the Mahomes was having the single greatest start to any NFL career ever. Maybe still is. He lost to Brady in the Super Bowl, so it felt like he was like everyone else. But I also think some of it is because Brady's stories are bigger than football right now. Everything everyone is talking about Brady is how he retired and then unretired, is taking days off, missed part of training camp, and then people making speculations about marital trouble or any of that stuff, right? I feel like everything about Brady is more about what's going on in his world. Because I I don't know. And, and I, you know, Brady doesn't look very good. I guess if he had started the season with nine touchdowns and one pick, we'd maybe feel different too. I think it's simply because they're not the exciting stories in the NFL right now. That Brady's offense is injured. Mahomes and the Chiefs have sort of been meh for the past two weeks, at least in terms of production. I think Josh Allen and the Bills are the story of the NFL. I think Tua and the Dolphins, they're the story that people are clinging on to. It's not as much disrespect as much as it is we get bored really quickly with the NFL. <laughs> We're constantly looking for the new shiny object. What's the new story? What's the new team that we can talk about? What's the new sort of debate that we can have? The Chiefs and the Bucks, they're kind of old hat, right? As silly as that may seem for a guy who's in his fifth year starting in the NFL for Mahomes. Well, I think NFL fans are just looking for something new to talk about. But ultimately, when that game is played Sunday night, like that's it's going to do monster ratings. Everybody's going to be watching. It'll probably be one of the top two or three most watched games of the NFL season up until that point. So I think maybe the buildup isn't as exciting as it actually will be when the game starts on Sunday night. I mean, I don't feel like a lot of Florida is going to be able to watch this game because they don't have power. But to your point, yes, it will be. A lot be. of people in Florida here. Right. I mean, Going back to why are we having it in Tampa, but it's, I don't know. I mean, sometimes the hype of these games just kind of eliminate themselves as a result of all the things you're talking about. Plus it's like, they're not they're you know, like we got Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen coming up on Sunday. No offense. Like that's also interesting. Like there's some of it, Nick is not just that they're not the new thing. It's that there's a lot of good young quarterbacks in the NFL right now. And people are trying to figure out which version of those teams they are. They know the chiefs are good. The Bucs are probably still one of the better teams in the NFC because it's weak. So just doesn't feel like it's got the same juice. What a weird topic to be talking about Brady and Mahomes as has-beens. <laughs> I, I know. I, and Mahomes, it's just like people know he's great. They just want to see who else is great. You know how it is. I know. Well, yeah. someone else who's been doing a lot of talking this week, Shaq Barrett, Bucks linebacker, took a shot at the Chiefs O-line. And that makes this an even bigger test for the line to step up. He said earlier this week while giggling, uh, I think we have a lot of favorable matchups. I think we really have an opportunity to really dominate the game. I just think, yeah, we've got an opportunity to really impose our will as pass rushers, edge rushers in this game. We can really have like a coming out party. Is he a 15 year old girl? Um, <laughs> when asked about Barrett's comments at the podium on Wednesday, Mahomes kept it simple. And he just said, I trust those five guys that we have out there. He said, I feel like we have one of the best offensive lines in the league and we'll go in there with that mindset. Guys, what do we think about these strong words from Shaq? Seemed like kind of an unnecessary shot. Like for a team that's coming off a loss, it feels like he's still enjoying. If you remember, he's still enjoying making fun of the chiefs. If you remember right after the super bowl, the Bucs talked more about the Chiefs than themselves, almost. Like, it was a shocking ratio. You're like, you're doing more talking about what you did to the Chiefs than you are talking about your team, your players, your teammates. You? 
that tells you that that was their motivation going into the game. Yeah. That they were sitting there saying, this team isn't that good. This offensive line sucks. We're going to kick their ass up front. And so then when you validate it by going out and actually doing that, I'm sure that was uh, quite the, the rush to say, like, this is exactly what we said was going to happen. To pretend like even the current way the Chiefs offensive line is playing is not better than that Super Bowl offensive line. He knows he's making a dig. Like, he knows that's a dig. Like, I, I know that we've seen multiple quotes. Creed Humphrey was talking about it. Multiple other offensive linemen, Orlando Brown Jr. They've all made comments about it throughout the week now. But he knew at that time that he was making a shot at the offensive line, and he knew that it was going to be there. The only problem is the guy you want him to pick on is Mahomes. Now, picking on the offensive line is kind of probably picking on Mahomes, where even if the offensive line doesn't do their job or Shaq Barrett's standing right in front of him, there's a decent chance Mahomes will take that motivation and do something special because he does. Or if he does something in front of him, he'll make sure Shaq Barrett knows it. But also, it's it's a mismatch. <laughs> so for everything he's saying and what, you know, for this, uh, the Chiefs offensive line isn't playing well enough that I'm not afraid about what the Bucks defensive line can do it. Like, they are one of the best defensive lines and pass rushes in the NFL. And the Chiefs offensive line hasn't been playing well. So I'm not going to lie that just because he said that, I'm like, oh, they're going to dominate. Like, no, still still a little worried about the matchup. Feels like it still could be problematic for the Chiefs, doesn't it? Yeah, I think it's tough to get mad at that comment after everything we've said about the offensive line over the past week, which is that, I kind of thought you guys would look better than this. And we we heard people saying that this might be the best, not one of the best offensive lines in yeah. the NFL, and they haven't been. So if we've been critical of the offensive line, don't you kind of expect a guy on a really good pass rush to be critical of them the week that they're getting ready to play him? I guess, but you know, I guess, you know what some of it is, is that I'm used to, unfortunately, I've been beaten to death by... Uh, Andy Reid teaching his players to never say anything. And so I'm just, I'm accustomed to sitting in a press conference and hear them be so like, you like that. You like the, no, I, no, I don't. I don't actually, I, I prefer Shaq Barrett's. I'm just used to it. So when someone says something, I'm surprised like, wait, they're allowed to say that you, you can say <laughs> they let you say stuff there. My God. I mean, like it's like they, you know, like Andy will come to the podium and say things that you just don't believe. Andy could be an 11-0 team getting ready to face an 0-11 team. And he'll step on that podium and be like, that record doesn't indicate who they are, man. That's a good, that's a good football team. They, <laughs> they can get the better of us. I'm like, no, they're not. They're garbage. You don't have to say they're garbage, but just say they're not playing well or something. He won't even, he won't even bend that way. So Shaq Barrett's not wrong. They're playing really good on the defensive line, and the Chiefs aren't on the offensive line. But it's also, you know, to compare them between the two means he knows he's trying to get in their head about it or make the dig or make those. The thing is, I think there's an equal advantage on the other side. You know, the Chiefs and the Bucks are only one sack apart so far for the first three games of the season, 11 versus 10. They're fourth versus fifth. And I wouldn't say that the Bucks' offensive line is playing well. To me, this can be motivation on both ends. Motivation for the offensive line to have their best game of the season and motivation for the Chiefs' defensive line to prove that they can do what the Bucks are threatening. You do what they're threatening. You go get Tom Brady. You got all, you've got just as many sacks as they do this year, and their offensive line's hurt. So prove that this works both ways, I guess, is how I would feel about it. Because this does feel like a low-scoring game.